Hey, driver. Um, driver, hello? You can hear me, right? All right, cool. Yes, yes, thank you. So, it's been a crazy five-hour drive so far. We've been going for a while. It, it feels like we've been going, like, 100 miles per hour. All these twists and turns, sudden breaks. Like, I don't think the rest of the passengers here, I don't know how they feel, but myself, it feels like, whew, we need to find a way to slow down. Is there any chance we can, like, hit the off-ramp and kind of maybe, like, take the side road? Like, oh, there's this great diner in town. How about we go over there? We, I don't know when we see it. It has some of the best pie there is, or, or milkshakes. It was the best milkshakes. Uh, yeah? So how about we just kind of... Yeah, all right. Wait, is that a... Is that a jar of cheese? What kind of cheese? Never mind. I'm sorry. Let's keep, keep, keep going. Ooh, something's happening. Okay. We're at the sheriff's office, right? Okay, there are a lot of cops outside, and there's a cameraman a news reporter out there that kid looks too young to be a news reporter okay let's just let's just make a right this detour oh hold on hey guys hey everybody you, you guys see those kids standing out there right they're kind of just hanging out like in the middle of that tunnel who are they waiting for and you see that kid walking that that walkie talkie antenna like that's huge right I wonder how good of a signal he gets. Wait, hold on. Do you guys hear? Wait, there's a disturbance at the hospital? Miracle Kid heals? Okay, I haven't been in Colock that much, but like, what the heck is going on here? It seems like nothing but craziness happens. Good thing we only pass it by. So, anybody knows about this Mallory? I got family here. I got people. I got people here. And all everybody talking about is this Mallory. For, okay, not everybody. Just a few people. But talking about this Mallory for mayor. I wonder who this person is. This must be a really cool dude. Like, or lady. This must be a really cool person. I wonder what did they do. Did, did they save a bunch of people? Or what's their campaign like? I can't wait to see the news broadcast of it. And then get my little opinion oh is the elections coming up soon you know be informed about you know politics around the state that'd be cool and his campaign managers I, I, I'm i curious about his campaign managers cause so far I have not heard about this Mallory it seemed like he just came out of nowhere um so maybe we should yeah I'm curious I'm curious what he's going to be doing Kolak has been a real weird town and especially lately like I know when we pass by, it, it's been like a perfectly temperatured place to live. Now it's super hot. So I wonder if he has anything, to, if, his, if his campaign has anything to do with helping with the temperature and all that stuff. But yeah, oh man. Oh wait, somebody left the door open. I hope nobody broke it. I hope nobody stole anything. But driver, okay, I... I think it's about time we head back to the the highway. I I heard about Colock. We've been we've been in and out here and there. I didn't. Yeah, Colock is enough for me. Maybe we can on our way. We can think about it.
talk about it, but okay, how about this? Roll the intro. You found yourself back at the start. Alright, how's it going everybody? It's episode four. Episode four of the podcast, Back at the Start. Welcome everybody. Thank you for enjoying the last three episodes. We cannot wait to give you more content starting with episode four and beyond. We appreciate you guys listening to everything here. I am Kid Anon. I'm known throughout all social medias that way, especially in the hyper community. Um, Doug Kid Anon in that case. And we'll be talking about season two, episode three of Koloff 1991 Bleach called Paper Cuts. And it's not just me here. I'm not the only one. I've got a few other people who are joining me today. And I would like them to get the opportunity to introduce themselves before we head on to our journey through Kolok, our drive as passengers. I hope you guys enjoy it. So, hey, fellow passengers, are you guys there? Hello, uh, this is Aridin SC, or Aridinsk. Hello, this is Gaia Chapman. All right, all right, all right, everybody. How's it going? So, you guys got a little bit of the recap already. We're just going to dive right into it. A jar of cheese. A vibrating jar of cheese. A colorful jar of cheese. With a floating eyeball. How do you guys feel about that moment with Lo- with Laura doing all that stuff? Like, oh my, oh gosh, that was that was fun. What do you guys think? It was certainly uh, quite the uh, the prop, as you can see from Abrea's reaction, which was uh, certainly quite uh, quite something. It, you can tell that uh, I'm guessing. I think it was Malika spent a bit of time working on that. Yeah, I don't think the players were quite ready for the fact that it vibrated. <laughs> and what's fun is it sounded like it was supposed to do more to be more visual for the audience. So I'm curious how that would have been if we could actually see it. It, it would probably have been like creepier if we could actually see it move. Maybe, although I, I think the, the, the cast reactions kind of sold that part well, especially Aubrey's original reaction. I think it was, was oh goodness, I have regrets. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one. That was a good one for sure. Although I wouldn't mind jumping back slightly because I think the opening to the episode this week was was interesting because it was a different kind of opening. I think this might be the first time that we've kind of seen what happens when I'm assuming Billy uses his power but not from our perspective, but from the perspective of the universe or world that he's taking from. Because it seems like rather than it being necessarily straight destruction, which was kind of what I was envisioning, it seems almost like Billy kind of takes what he needs and brings it in. But then it's not that the rest of it's wiped out, but almost that the rest of it is deposited somewhere else like we saw this room full of of billies all labeling him as the pretender or the diviner which is a term we've heard before 
Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see hopefully more of what happens with our room full of other Billies. Now, do you think the pretender aspect comes from the fact that it's a, do they somehow know that this is a Lucas ego in a Billy body? And that's where this whole notion of a pretender comes from. Probably. I think it's what it feels like. Cause they all, they're all deposited into that one place. But what if it's the travelers doing? What if the traveler has a way of like getting to him before anything happening? And then, cause I have a feeling like he's the one letting them know, like, guess what guys, he's not really a Billy. He's someone else that was put into someone else's body because he knows all about Lucas and undecided. So part of me is actually, especially when you tie it back to the end of like season one, part of me has a feeling like a lot of this is going to be the Traveler's doing. And it's possible that it's just straight Billy. They're just all deposited. But I'm curious if maybe the Traveler's grabbing them before anything happens. That'll be an interesting twist to the whole thing. Well, we don't know too much about the the traveler yet, and exactly what they can do. It seems that they—I don't know if they quite have that much reach. I think this may be something different that they they have the ability to to move through universes or at least bodies. Yeah, I'm very curious to see why the Billies continue to exist. Is it something that's an offshoot of his power, or is something or someone else interfering to keep them around? Yeah, that was my thought process, because, like, why are they still around? Because, like you said, Aaron, like, everybody who's watched the show, especially this season, automatically thought, like, oh, yeah, the worlds are being destroyed. There's nothing left of it. So the fact that we still have these Billies around and it's just the Billies from the sound of it, it sounds like somebody's meddling. Like, it really does sound like someone's meddling. Definitely interested about that. And that opening, like you said, whoo, boy, it gave us a lot. Zach was very specific that to name the universe as Universe 2430, so I wonder if we're going to find out any more about that or why it was called that or if we've seen connections to that before. It's the first time we've gotten any kind of a an official label on a universe other than perhaps Prime. Like, I mean, even the undecided world, I think we only really call it that because of the town. I don't know if this, if the, if it was Billy's power, I don't know if we'll ever hear any more of it because it seems it is no more. It's been used up. But I wonder if we'll start getting more kind of specifics on different universes, perhaps ones that do stick around and may have a bit more import. For sure. The other thing at the start of the, this episode that I found really interesting was Laura's diary entry and her whole, you know, I am real thing. And, you know, what does it say about what makes us human? You know, she knows she's in a cloned body and it's not even her cloned body. And she's obviously having trouble with that. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be, in some respects, although a lot of the, the characters have gone through a lot, in some respects, it seems that Laura's kind of story is almost the most tragic because not only kind of all that's happened, but being kind of locked away and everything. But yeah, all of them had, I think, little 
Nuggets. Mallory's was almost uh, almost serious until he digressed into his own personal issues. Mickey's was, I think, interesting as well. This kind of almost something that we've seen a lot more from Billy this season of, do I deserve this? Is this my fault? Feelings of guilt. Yeah, and Billy had some of that in the well. He he said, uh, "Every soul I carry with me" in his diary entry. Yeah, I think we're getting the sense that that M is, if not doubting the teaching that she's kind of gotten from her parents, but more kind of hitting that almost superhero esque kind of question of, "Well, I have these abilities for a reason." If I don't have them to use them, why do I have them? Exactly. And that's a pretty heavy thing for her to wrestle with. And I think at some point, I don't remember exactly when this happened, she was talking about trying to figure out if there were other ways or different uses of her power. Yeah, I think I don't remember if that comes a little later because they do get into a bit more of a discussion of of kind of what happened with them in the, the Prime A universe. Yeah, this this episode had a lot of pretty heavy discussion but it was it was interesting because a lot of things that have been sort of building up came into roost yeah those intros were definitely something else now we talked about the jar of cheese let's talk about mallory so the next few scenes after that um it's mostly on mallory him interacting with sheriff warstone and kenny who doesn't love kenny at this point kenny is so over the top (laughs) and that was the best part and I love the moment when while Mallory's talking to Warstone, he's like, hey, turn off the camera, turn off the camera. And it's like, Kenny's just still standing there. It's off. It's off. That's the That was definitely a great part. But also, just a lot of the stuff, like, Mallory is protecting the group the best way he can. You know, like, he doesn't have any powers like Laura. Laura, she is, she is the muscle of the group. Mallory is more of the, like... I can't say brains, because that would be scary if he was actual brains of the operation. That would be scary. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that being the case? But it seems like he's the street smarts of the group. Like, he's the one that can kind of get them out of almost any situation with just randomness. And just have fun with that as a distraction. Although, to be fair, a lot of the times he's the one that gets them into a lot of these. So Technicalities. The one thing I did find interesting, kind of going back to the, the tunnels, two things I think were, were interesting. One, that we saw Laura pick up and pocket this other package of tears capsules, which I'm a little worried how that is, what's going to happen with that. And then we have the symbol that we saw, that we've seen around in. Uh, the town that was over this gate that this time they rather than leaving it they kind of picked it up broke broke it out and as soon as uh mickey picked it up it seemed to to almost die out this residence i don't know this this hum that zach mentions this feeling now what i wonder is if we're dealing with as I think we're we're currently dealing with Prime A Mickey, whether she has more knowledge of the ship metal and perhaps the symbols 
since we know in Prime A, a lot of that was gathered together to build the tower, which allowed them to kind of travel. So I wonder if Prime A Mickey has some more knowledge or ability with these yet. I think it's interesting that they now have this symbol, even if it is perhaps inert. Yeah, this is definitely the first time they've done anything to the symbols or to a gate. Um, so, and, and something definitely did change when they did it. So, yeah, I'm curious to see more about that as well. And also, like you were saying about Prime A, Prime B, Mickey, like, at this point, is there any way to really tell the difference between the two? Because it seems like they were, like, so far, it's more Prime A, Mickey kind of blending in, knowing what Prime B, Mickey would pretty much do. Have anybody noticed any tells in this episode at all where it's like, oh, that's Prime A. Nope, that's Prime B. Besides potentially Zach mentioning it or like asking to roll for it, because I'm still trying to figure this out. Like, how can I tell the difference? I think at, at most it's subtle things. The things that I've noticed was when the other thing that we didn't mention that I think might be interesting is the fact that Tibby was unable to heal his hand that he burned trying to heal cheese when he originally started to liquefy. He had this burn that he tried to reach out and heal. And yet apparently this is almost a unique injury in the multiverse that he was not able to find something that would allow him to fully heal his hand. So between that Mickey's first comment was, well, is it your hand or is it your power? Almost that is your power intact was her first thought and worry. Because we know that Prime A Mickey is almost more interested in Tibby for his ability than for Tibby himself. Which it seems Prime B Mickey's primary interest in Tibby is as Tibby. Yeah, that's actually, wow. Yeah, that's actually a good point when you bring that up. Because... Touching the like, the fact that her first thought was, is your power, that means, like, she knows there's something to it. She knows a little bit, she knows a lot more about Tibby's powers, so that's actually a great indicator that's possibly Prime A, because if it was Prime B, most likely she'd be like, are you okay? She'd be more worried about himself, if he's, you know, how he's feeling, and if, and whatnot, less about his powers, so that's definitely... That's a great pickup, actually. Everything's like, that was a... I did not think about that. Because she does have different knowledge of everybody else. So, yeah. One little fun tidbit. How big is this um, symbol that they picked off off the gate? Is it just a small little thing? Or is it like this massive thing that they have really no way of carrying? I, it's just one random thought that came to me. Like... Okay, cool. You pulled this off. How big is it? It's got to be heavy if it's huge. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing a piece of stone that they, you know, that's reasonable size, but that they put in like Billy's backpack or something. <laughs> like it's not something huge that they're lugging around, but they haven't actually said, I don't think. From what Zach described, I like you, you remember those like kind of gates that you see in, in parks and whatnot that are more kind of chain link and that kind of small almost metal that's the what i got is if that the symbol was right on the the overhead so i imagine it's probably like a, a small bit of of like metal 
So I don't think it's it's terribly huge. I think it's based on the way they described it. It sounds like they broke out just the kind of top anchor bit. So I'm guessing something that they could probably fit in their hands. Yeah, I figured as much, but I just wanted to. I like looking at those random things. Like, oh, that's funny. I wonder because you just make a little joke out of it. But yeah, that was that was something else. And then now after that. You know, we're still with Mallory and them, and we're getting to the point where Mallory's trying to get with the team. He's trying to get to the team, but Warstone is still in the way, and we get the one of the funniest interactions between Zach and Lucas with the walkie-talkie or etiquette. Funniest, one of the funniest moments this season so far, and... I just wanted to bring that up real quick, see what you guys thought about that before we go a little bit deeper into the episode. Yeah, you could tell that that was kind of them having fun and then had all the the different people jump in at different points, kind of M grabbing it at one point, then kind of going back and forth, which started this whole who's the, the campaign manager, which we'll see more of. Yeah. Where exactly is campaign ed- headquarters? I don't think they quite thought of, okay, well, we're, we're going to come right back over and, and check on you. Yeah, campaign HQ. Is it Mallory's house? No, it's at Billy's house. Yeah, exactly. That was that was a great moment. And this part brings up, this moment is brings up a great thing that we'll talk about a little bit later regarding the atmosphere in the town right now. But let's head on to the tunnel. The kids are out back out of the tunnel. Everybody's, you know, everybody meet, meets up. We get that hilarious interaction between Billy and Kenny. We all know what that was. Oh my goodness. Wow. Kenny was such a fun NPC. I'm so glad somebody tipped for that. Yeah, you can tell that. Zach was not expecting that one. You can always tell when Lucas manages to do something as Billy that just kind of puts one over almost on Zach. Zach thought he he was doing a pretty good job as Kenny kind of wheedling them into his position, but uh, Lucas as Billy definitely managed to find a way to subvert that in the most Billy fashion possible. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Um, and honestly... It's like the rest of the cast, said, like the rest of the cast of their character said, like that's actually really brilliant in forcing someone, forcing their hand. Like, no, you're not going to be recording. Here's why. So that's great, and this leads to us to the hospital. We get to the hospital, and so much happens. People start going their separate ways, doing different things, and I'm gonna just leave it there. What do you guys think about the whole hospital? scene and what we get there. I'm very curious if this is going to be the start of the cult that the chat voted for a couple of weeks ago because of what Tibby did at the hospital. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, I think it's very Tibby, I think, way of, of thinking, well, if I manage to pull the tension, then at least it's just me that's dealing with it. No one else. Maybe I can do something good, even though as kind of Mickey says a little later, and I think while they were discussing this, 
are you sure you want to do this? And even Billy kind of brings up the whole kind of X-Men comic book route of people that have displayed powers can be subjected to more scrutiny. But again, we have the occurrence of something that is discussed a little later, which is this sense of normalcy, that things in Kolok are normal, that people suddenly are much more accepting, less curious, less worried. They weren't worried about how to be killed the officer. They aren't necessarily worried about how he's healing people. They're angry that he did it, or surprised and excited that he's healing, but there's no curiosity. It's no, well, wait, how are you doing this? This is strange. Right, and it's like Gaia said, too, um, the whole cult thing, and it was around the hospital time where we actually got a chat tip uh, NPC for a stalker nurse. I won't li- li- let that down. <laughs> That's going to be my thing. It's like, yo, I can't wait for this person to show up. This is going to be crazy for the cult of Tibby, at least that's what a lot of people are going to assume is going to be is the cult of Tibby. And did anybody find it weird the way Laura just kind of just kneeled down in front of Tibby like, you know, save me? That felt weird to me, seeing her kind of like do that in such a manner, almost kind of just like accepting Tibby as this almighty presence. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but what do you guys think about that? I'm wondering if she was doing that to deliberately put him off kilter, but it's hard to say. Yeah, I was I was wondering if she was doing that to almost be able to get close enough to him and also do it in a way that wouldn't startle the, the crowd. So she was kind of playing along until she could get kind of close enough as we see that her goal was not only to have her arm healed, which I think she's come something she kind of wanted, wanted to kind of make sure that could happen before something happened to Tibby again, which I think, I think was that the first time we noticed that when Tibby heals something, someone with this, this hand that's now scarred, it hurts them. Yes, that was, that was the first one that happened. And I think it's his right hand, if I remember correctly. Um, cause we would do that a little bit later with Mallory as well. So yeah, it was, that was the moment. And it's the same hand that he touched the cheese with earlier. So we have to wonder what the connection is for sure. Yeah. It certainly had some kind of a, a negative effect on his powers. We don't know too much yet about what is going on with this drug. It certainly seems to have very strong effects that seem to get stronger the more you take, but beyond that. And I'm curious because Tibby has powers and there's two other people in the group that has powers. So far, we've seen people who've taken the drug without powers have a certain effect. Do you think that that drug possibly, like, I'm curious what that drug would have on, for example, Billy or Mickey, like it did with Tibby. Like, would it have a maybe a similar effect or something entirely different compared to everybody else who doesn't have any kind of powers? That's a very good question, and I would imagine, I'm I'm betting, knowing Zach, that it would have quite a different effect on someone who's powered, and perhaps we'll see that at some point, depending on where the story goes. Yeah, and I also forgot to mention Ampeg, too. She also has powers. So I think we're going to get to a point where one of them um, is definitely, one of the powered ones is definitely going to take it. 
I can't guarantee it, but it feels like at some point someone's going to take it, and that's when we're going to have the moment and see how that affects everybody. So that was definitely something that was... And since you brought up the whole moment towards the end of the episode, we get them going to Mallory's house and all that good stuff, and just a case of just like... We get so much information. At that point, we get kind of like a calm down in the episode and it's like all right honesty hour it's time to just let's put this all out into the open that's what you also mentioned you pointed out like normalcy how everything here is now how nothing weirds anybody out and that was such a unique way for zach to twist on his head billy's wish to make everything normal while realizing like oh yeah now everything feels normal. So that was a great way to kind of bring it back to season one. How it's like, yeah, there's something, there's, you gotta be careful with what you wish for. Yeah, I think the one other thing I think we should mention is what ends up happening with Kenny, because that I think kind of leads into a lot of this. Because Kenny takes this recording that he's made of to be healing people and then books it, trying, because he said all along, this is my ticket. I'm going to try and sell this and make a bunch of money. So he kind of takes off and Mallory takes off after him. And after this brief kind of standoff, Mallory ends up breaking his hand and eventually has to let him go because he pulls a gun on him. And we know in this system, fighting is, is lethal and a gun is a very serious thing. This isn't uh, one of those systems where, oh yeah, it it common. No, that's something that's very serious. And it's Mallory's kind of broken hand and everyone kind of expecting Tibby to heal it. And Tibby's seeming reluctant, almost violent reluctance to heal his hand that kind of gets the ball rolling in things kind of starting to come out about what Mallory had been doing with his kind of self-harm and then getting Tibby to heal him. And I think in some respects, Mallory had almost convinced himself that this was normal because no one, I don't think anyone besides him and Tibby knew about it. And so he was able to kind of brush aside Tibby's concerns as just being Tibby. But when Laura and Mickey and M are all going, no, this is seriously messed up. I think he's kind of confronted with almost the reality of that for the first time. Oh, for sure. No doubt about that. Um, And I think there was a lot of secrets that came out in their discussion that they had near the end of this episode. And I think some of the new players, especially Laura, are are quite horrified by some of the things she found out. And I'm curious to see what the repercussions of that reveal will be. It was certainly interesting because we got that. We kind of got a almost a rundown of the different powers that people had because Laura especially didn't know anything because kind of her first introduction to the group was through Teens in Space. And we find out and she learns that kind of Tibby sought her out intentionally. This was no random accident. This was him reaching out. He knew all along. And so she learns the powers. Yeah, that was, I think that was part of what upset her for sure during that discussion. Um, And I don't think she's just going to, I think she'll, I think that will come back. I think the other interesting thing we learned during that, or the group learned during that was what happened with M and M's fate in the prime A timeline. The cost 
of her ability because she had just been told very briefly, no, don't do this. But she didn't really know what happened, what the cause of it was. And then her learning about her make-believe world that she had kind of created to keep herself relatively sane and her apparent connection with Sky. Yeah, and Billy didn't know, didn't have the memory of that either, right? Because he wasn't part of the memory connection. Yeah, Billy was not a part of that connection. So let's kind of take it another step forward. So we all know, we, we get to where we're at, we have the honesty hour. But then let's not forget, there was a plan at the end of this episode to do something. Guile, you want to kind of elaborate on what that plan was? Yeah, they actually made a plan at the end of this episode, which I think is kind of maybe the first time they've actually sat down. And I think one of them even wrote it down. Um, They made a plan that Tibby wants to go and, even though he knows the guy's dead, bring back the cop that he killed, the sort of what he considers paying for his sins. Uh, Then they have to go and find Mike Hunt, who they know is still alive, but they don't know exactly what's going on with him. That was actually the rumors in this episode. And they they want to go find him and heal him as well. And that's part of what Tibby really wants to do. Yeah, I think, it, and overall, all Tibby wants to do is do right by everybody. He's 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 a kind soul. He just want to he just want to help people. And after that lapse in the first episode of the season, like you can tell, he's just like he he can't handle it. He's he's not able to like handle all that stuff that he like, of what he could possibly do to people. So having a chance to heal as many people as he can is what matters the most. It's similar to the end of season one. He All he wants to do is be useful. He All he wants to do is be able to help people. And that's the biggest thing right now. Do what he can to help people, and then hopefully that can help clear his name. Yeah, we also had the, as part of almost the plan for dealing with kind of what Tibby did was the introduction of this notion of Tibby's ability. I think Billy likened it to the big revivalist types where they kind of knock people on the head and say you will be healed and try playing up the the kind of oh god touched him which we know is as audience is something that zach kind of had mentioned when one of the one of the people picked as a candidate for mayor was this kind of preacher character and so it'll be interesting to see how that plays itself out and on the topic of mike the rumors this week, the rumors for this episode, all dealing with Mike, because as we find out, he wasn't at the hospital. So where was he? So the rumors were Secretary took him, Department C took him, the Traveler took him, Sergeant Raker took Mike. And so we, we got that information. We also learned that he was on his way to San Francisco. He was two states away. That's because Mickey located him using her power. So what do you guys think about these rumors in particular? And which rumor did you choose? And which one would you like, you hope, have won? And then we could talk about the one that actually did win. I did vote for uh, Department C, and I'll not lie. I said a lot of it is because I'm hoping to see Bucket again because I really adored the character of Bucket. Yeah, I also voted for Department C mostly because I thought that it kind of almost made the most sense. Department C kind of knew about all of the, the, the kids and kind of had almost the most connection. Like, I mean, if Marcus hadn't been the one kind of, as far as we know, kind of running things in Synchronity, that doesn't make sense so much for Synchronity anymore. I guess the Traveler could make sense. And I didn't know who this Sergeant Raker is. So 
that's why I kind of went for Department C. I figured it kind of made the most sense that they would have a almost a, a vested interest in trying to, I'm assuming at least, I could be wrong, trying to help Mike in some way. Right. And a lot of people felt the same way. Personally, I chose the travel mostly because of that little bit at the end of season one. Like, I want to start adding to this interdimensional, interworld kind of potential war, it feels like it's going to be almost. And I thought if you incorporate the Traveler, it'll be an interesting thing where it's like, similar to Mickey, like, oh, he he can use Mike as a, uh, a, a ploy, a deal. Here's a deal for you. You know, he likes to make deals, as we've learned, and undecided. So I was like, this would be fun to have the Traveler just kind of like, Add a little bit more to the present. He doesn't have to be there all the time, but I would, I would like to have see his influence a little bit more because he he has a lot of influence on the stories behind the scenes. So that's why I chose the Traveler. I want to see a little bit more of him because he does interest me quite a bit. And Department C one, Department C one for those. But let's backtrack just a little bit because something that happened earlier in the season, someone came back and. Probably so far one of the creepiest characters in this season, Cassandra, the centipede lady, um, the eyeless lady. Like, oh man, she just yeah. I'm not gonna spam. You guys go ahead talk about her. She she still creeps me out just a little bit. Oh, she creeps me out big time. Most bugs and things like that don't bother me, but centipedes is one of the ones that really, really does. Um, and. In this episode, she, from what we can tell, she appears to have tried to use her centipede to attack Billy in some way, but he ended up rolling really well, so nothing bad happened to him. And I'm not sure I want to know what would have happened to him if he hadn't. The thing I think was was kind of interesting about that, not only is it kind of following up on this kind of anomaly thread, but was also the deal that Cassandra offered Billy in return for this anomaly, the, the tape that we know that he took was this kind of almost promise to take care of his family in Undecided, which it was interesting. Because in order to make kind of, unless she was purely bluffing, which I guess is always a possibility, this indicates that she has some kind of ability to influence different kind of multiverses and have is not constrained at all to kind of Kolok. And it kind of, reaffirms my kind of suspicion whether she is some kind of a member of some kind of organization that is sent out to to perhaps find these anomalies wherever they are and secure them, bring them back. I know last episode, Sepuin mentioned that she thought that given the connection with bugs, that she could be some kind of an emissary of Haster, which was an entity we had referenced in one of the other multiverses back in season one when they were hopping. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. It's quite possible. I mean, we did see a universe where they where they saw Hester, so she could be connected to that. And she, we saw enough in this episode to know for sure that she is aware of the multiverse at the very least. And she definitely has extra powers of some sort. Yeah, she is a character like none other. And clearly she is not going to be gone for long. We're probably going to see her throughout the season. The chances are, unless the kids decide to do something about it, but that might have a negative effect, depending on what that is. Yeah, so we've we talked about the whole episode. 
theories. Does anybody have any theories for the season as a whole? Right now, we have Mike Hunt on his way to San Francisco. Department C took him, thanks to the rumors that were voted. Or actually, did the Department C win overall? Yeah, no, it was it was Department C that won the, the poll. Okay, so, that's just, so we'll be seeing Department C. And then we have the potential cult of Tibby, maybe? We'll have to look into that. What else do we have? Uh, I wanted to say about Department C. I, I saw, I know some people in chat when they were saying about voting for that. I think some of them, some of them want to see Bucket, and of course, some of them want to see Sky back as well because she's working with Bucket now. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, so much is happening. Okay. With the theories, let's talk about the mayoral race. That's just such a weird word to say. My theory, honestly, or at least my hope. I think a lot of people hope, is for Mallory to win. I think just to have somebody on the inside within the group. You know, you have Marcus in charge of synchronicity right now, and I would love for Mallory to be to win mayor just because now he's on the inside. Now he can have just a little bit more influence. His dad was a part of the council. So there's information there that we cannot get, and I don't want them to get it trying to steal the info. Like, I want them to have somebody who can, you know, like, hey, guys, here we go. So that's my theory. The mayoral race is going to be happening sometime soon. I'm hoping, hoping it is Mallory, just because of the amount of stuff that they can get with him being mayor, possibly. Well, we don't know. Like, we know from before that not all members of the council have certain levels of knowledge, and especially now that this mayor is being set up outside of the council as kind of a kind of leader. So I'm I'm guessing that even if Mallory wins, he's not going to get as much information as he thinks. I also know that Zach has mentioned that we will be having eventually a another kind of town hall episode. And right now, yeah, Mallory is, is kind of looking good due to what happened at the beach, but we've seen how he is with the camera, just with Kenny. How is he going to do in a debate? I, d- I don't know. We'll have to see. I think that could really kind of put a hole in his plan. I find the arc that's gone on since Mallory first said he wanted to be mayor quite interesting because it's such a huge jump. Like when he first said it, everybody was like, ha ha, Mallory for mayor, that'll never happen. And then so much has happened in the last few episodes that actually makes him have a shot at it. And if he does get it, does it set him up as some sort of enemy or antagonist for uh, Marcus at Zanganiti or when they were together? Will he find information that his dad had hidden that everybody was looking for? I'm I'm very interested to see where this goes. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, Guy, like the whole relationship between him and Marcus, it's kind of weird because like his relationship to Marcus is almost similar to right now Billy's relationship to Tibby. Both of them are kind of like straining. They're almost on the out and outs. And then you got Billy and Mallory kind of together like – bonding and everything so i definitely want to be able to see more marcus i think that's the biggest thing it's really it's like if you throw mallory into you know as mayor there's a chance that we can see marcus uh just to see his reaction uh and, and whatnot so any other thoughts you guys have your own theories about 
what's to come? We call off 1991 Bleach? So many theories, although half of them tend to get discarded between e- each episode. I mean, I'm very curious to learn more about the, the tears and that whole production because there's a lot going on there. And I don't think we've really seen uh, seen the end of that. But I mean, a lot of it is stuff that, I mean, I have theories, but I more enjoy kind of figuring out things as we kind of come across them. This is definitely a show where you can come up with a lot of theories and then find out most of them are wrong. Yeah, that's that's the fun part with this show. So, man, that was that was a good discussion, guys. I it was so fun. Every episode is always fun to watch, and it's it's great having a group of people to just sit down and talk to about this episode and all episodes in this one. So much has happened. So many threads being started being be, you know starting right now the cult the search for mike you know and all this other stuff happens in this episode this is only episode three of the season we don't know how many episodes we're getting this season but this is only episode three and we're getting so much here i gotta say what will episode four hold for us entail we do not know and I'm excited to watch that episode and talk about it a little bit more, diving deep. So I want to thank everybody here. I want to thank Aaron Gaia being here, talking with you guys were great. I don't, man, like, you guys got anything else to say? Any last tidbits? Whatever the case may be. I'm here for the ride, and it's been fun. Yep, that's pretty much it for me as well. I guess all we have to say with this one is we're back at the start before this episode's credits i'd like to stop briefly to congratulate ava whitaker and one entrant who wished to remain anonymous for winning copies of alex Neat's soundtrack album for co-op 1991 for those keeping track that means that we still have one album to give away we'll be working out a new giveaway for that very soon and now your credits for this episode thank you for listening to back at the start a fan discussion podcast for the tabletop live play show Co-op 1991 on HyperRPG. Your hosts for today were Aridin SC, Gaia CA, and Kid Anon. This podcast was edited by Techie Kara and recorded on the 19th of September 2019. Special thanks to Ray Wise for the introduction and outro sound bites, and to Zachlin Eubank for giving us permission to use it. The music during the starting recap was Lightless Dawn by Kevin McLeod, Available on incompetech.filmmusic.io and is released under the Creative Commons BY license. Call 1991 is streamed live every Monday at 6pm Pacific on twitch.tv slash and is available on demand via Twitch and YouTube. It is also available in podcast form. Just search for Call 1991 on your favourite podcasting platform. You can follow us at Pod on Twitter for updates and to interact with the show. You can also email us at backatthestartpod at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and... You found yourself back at the start.